Hello everyone and welcome to Wine Control Report Podcast, episode 246. I'm Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games. Don't have a lot of new games I've played to talk about. One thing I wanted to do and I was thinking about doing was playing the uh, Nintendo Switch Sports uh, beta that, that happened this weekend. And unfortunately, I just got too busy and, and wasn't able to spend any time with it. I'm not sure when it ends officially. I'm, I'm recording this on a Sunday night, so we're at the end of the weekend here. Um, and you know, I sat down and thought about it. I was like, you know, I, I would love to try this out. And I saw people posting videos online. I was like, this looks really cool. It looks like something I do want to try. Um, however, I think in the end, I probably would be happy just playing the, the final release when that happens. So I believe that comes out on April 29th. So I think I'll wait until then, um, to, to actually play it. I'm not sure if the beta is still ongoing, but I probably won't try to cram it in tonight, uh, at least, but still, I, I, I'm excited to play um uh, another game in that kind of like Wii Sports style. I actually never got Wii Sports Resort. I think that's the one like Wii like franchise game. Well, there's Wii Party as well. I never picked up Wii Party. Um technically there's Wii Chess, but Wii Chess is kind of its own thing. Um not really in the the Wii, you know, brand space. I feel like it's it's more of a generic chess game rather than something that feels like it's built around like the Miis and that kind of Nintendo like sports aesthetic for for what they kind of went with because it, it, it is kind of an interesting evolution of things because Nintendo did used to do like fairly realistic sports games for for a while um like kind of I don't know if infamously is the right word but you had like the Nintendo uh pennant chase baseball game that's coming out for GameCube like really really late in that system's library or that life uh span and and that game just kind of uh puttered out and I don't think Nintendo's really tried to do like a realistic sports game since then they've all been in kind of like the Wii um uh moniker of 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 titles so and I think that's all, honestly for the best I think the Wii games are are great representations of of or rather visually they kind of fit you know what Nintendo does um, with with their games as a whole, and I don't think Nintendo really needs to do that realistic aesthetic. It's part of why I think 1080 will never come back. Wave Race will never come back. As much as I would love for them to, I just think like the aesthetic to those games didn't really ever match. You know, kind of that that Nintendo. Um, um, I don't know how you'd put it. Like kind of a mass reach Nintendo aesthetic, right? I, I feel like those games have limited audiences, you know, partly because they didn't really have that Nintendo shine in a lot of ways. So maybe that's me assuming too much. Maybe new new Wave Race Blue Storm would sell 20 million units. But uh, but yeah, so I didn't get to check that out this weekend, unfortunately. Um, I did play a little tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of um, Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier. Really, all, all I wanted to do is because they re- they patched the game recently and I didn't check into like the balance changes and stuff. But the big thing was performance. The last patch they put out, the performance of the game like tanked super hard. It made it almost impossible to play any kind of competitive game because every time you, you would go into like the final round where you're doing 3v3, the frame rate would just die essentially. And, and it was, you know, admittedly it was equal playing ground because everybody was dealing with this frame rate problem, obviously depending on different degrees, depending on your phone, but everybody, like I have a, a, a kind of, you know, more or less a top of the line phone and it was just dying while playing it. So um, now it's, it's not that it's really fixed in the most recent release. Like they were, you're not running, you know, 1080, 60 or something like that. Right. Um, it is just kind of back to where it used to be. So it's like the frame rate still is pretty chunky and pretty bad, but it's playable. Like there's very few scenarios where like 
the the entire end encounter is just a slideshow. Usually there's just like a little hiccup where things like chunk up for a little bit. And that sure, for sure can, you know, affect your playing at, at the end of a round. And it can be really disappointing, you know, um, um, to, to get to the end of a round and, and, and die just because the game, you know, freaked out essentially. Um, but I do think it's uh, uh, back to a good position where, you know, if you did really want to play the first soldier, I, I think you could play it and still have a good time. Um, that, that last patch was just so rough. Like I, I lost a lot of enthusiasm to even play that game competitively Uh, on the bright side though. It did mean I focused more on like the season pass stuff. So I got to explore that kind of aspect of the game a bit more than I probably would have if I could have played the competitive side of it, um, more reliably. So I think I'm still just not going to really play it though until season two comes around. Not only because that will finally be when I'm, I'm (laughs) not, you know, uh, working all the time right now. Uh, but also, uh, because that's when they're going to, you know, add uh, a new class and everything. So it's going to kind of, you know, make, make refreshen up the the game a little bit, I think. And I'm hoping there's going to be some map changes too, but we'll see. This is kind of season two is their first, like, you know, big content change. So we'll have to see like what kind of plans they actually put in place. If it is just the new dragon, dragoon class and new weapons, or if they're going to do significant changes to, you know, how the world is formed or anything like that. I don't get the impression the first soldier has the biggest budget so i don't really expect it to you know be handled the same way that a, an apex or fortnite or something like that uh, uh is handled so yeah um so what i did do this weekend uh like i mentioned i i am kind of uh let's just say overworking myself right now this is the last week of that hopefully um, but, uh, to kind of, <laughs> this is terrible. I was like, I think, I think a hundred percent think the reason I did this is cause I was like uh, trying to just like do something that kind of was going to de-stress me. Um, is, uh, even though I said on stream, I didn't want to buy any games anytime soon on Friday night, I did go down to retro city games on the uh, east side of Las Vegas and, and went and did some, some game shopping, did a little looks, looks in around and things like that. Um, so I did pick up a, a handful of, of new games, uh, largely fairly cheap stuff. I try to keep under $10 when I'm just like buying blind, essentially. Um, so what I picked up is a good mix of stuff here. Um, so recently I was on the internet and like sometimes you get like the eBay ads and stuff and you're like you ignore them for the most part, right? Um, but recently I saw the eBay ad and it listed out some game that was like 30 great water uh, events or something like that for the Wii. And I looked at the screenshots on the ad. I was like, this actually looks kind of all right. And when I when I looked into it, it's actually a D3 game. Um, and it's a bunch of mini game collection stuff, right? Pretty much what you'd expect out of, out of uh, you know, a, a budget game on the Wii. But aesthetically, it looks pretty all right. And like mechanically, it looked like it was like well built as well. You know, you got to be careful with some Wii games where, or, or at least be accepting of some Wii games where you're going to um, play them and it's just going to be a rough time. And you just got to know that going in. Uh, I don't know how this will be for this game. It looked pretty solid. Um, 30 great games, outdoor fun. Uh, I have the green screen on, so you can't see the green on the video version. So I'm sorry, it's outdoor. So everywhere you're seeing through the case is green. Um, And you know, this looks pretty, pretty generic, but it is D3 published and D3 is like a publisher of of video games that like, you know, can be, can be interesting, I guess. Um, so this is, I, I believe the same franchise, just a different, you know, version of it with, with a different set of sports. So, um, I thought I would give it a try and see how it goes. I have not played any of these games we're going to talk about today. Um, I did pay, I think you can't see it on there cause it's blanked out. All these price tags are green. There we go. We're going to hide all the price from you. I did pay like seven bucks for it. So maybe a couple dollars more expensive than I usually would pay. But, you know, I, I, I had recently seen that kind of like uh, that that brand of title. So I was like, maybe maybe this is fate. Maybe this is something that, 
that I should bring into my life. So I did that. Um, I also picked up that that store as well. You know, again, I can't speak of Retro City Games like highly enough. I, I feel like they're probably one of my favorite game stores I've ever been to. Um, and uh, they have a really good selection of imports overall. Um, it's not a huge selection of imports. It is more than I get at most stores, but but it, it, it doesn't feel like super, super diverse. But usually there's like a pretty good variety of things there. And it doesn't feel like it's just like all adventure and visual novel games, which, you know, are good things. But, you know, for, for a lot of people, those, those can be a little uh, challenging to, to get into. Um, although this is like an adventure game. I think I've heard of this before. It's called Moonlight Syndrome. I seem to recall that somebody maybe on Twitter had posted some video about this. I don't know who it was. Um, but it was put out by a human. I don't know who the developer is either. Um, I don't even really know what this game looks like. Uh, I just thought that the the packaging was pretty nice overall. There's like these manual art on the inside with this really nice drawn art of the characters. So um, I thought it looked pretty cool. It's like a two disc game or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of like really neat kind of almost like pencilish art in the manual as well. So um, I'm gonna guess this is like a you know, adventure game, maybe with some like pre-rendered uh, graphics and things like that. Um, I have not put these in again, so I don't know for sure what this is. Oh, there, there's some English on this CD. Let me, let me read this out. Moonlight Syndrome. There is no sound in it. The lower fallen into paranoia, or no, the, the lover fallen into paranoia, a road freely extending and contracting, a bruised dream box, a dive of generation. For some reason, generation is broken up. It says gen, and then it's like a space, and then it says oration. A, a heat cried, and then is fixed. The birth of fake and the end of it are simultaneously. A carnival one has been longing for. How poetic. Let me see. Is the other disc the same thing? Yeah, the other dish is the same thing. Well, there we go. There's some there's some English on there. <laughs> Prologue. Mo oh, this is all Japanese words spelled out in English as well. So, anyways, it looks kind of neat. Um, so I was like, hey, I'll I'll maybe give this a look uh, and spend some time with it. You know, I do like to spend a little money at game stores just to kind of support them a little bit. Um, you know, it is something that I try to do. I at least try to come out with at least something. Usually, I try to limit it to like three or so games. I went a little. Maybe a little overboard this time, but I did largely find cheap games. Uh, a Wii game called Swords by Majesco. Um, this is kind of looks like a maybe like a punch out kind of game, although it, it looks like there's maybe like multiple enemies on one of these screenshots as well. Um, but it is a Wii Motion Plus based uh, sword game on the Wii. So I'm, I'm interested in checking that out. It looks pretty generic for the case itself, but... Um, I'm a big fan of, of motion controls. I'm a big fan of Wii games that use this like Wiimote as a sword. Um, I don't expect a lot out of that, but um, yeah, I, I think is a I think it looks pretty neat. This title I picked up because somebody on the I think the Ghost Squad no Ghost Recon video Future Soldier well. It's just called Ghost Recon, even though it's like based on the Future Soldier IP, but it's the Wii one. Uh, that was made by Next Level Games, and somebody, I believe, commented on that video saying I should check out Cybertron or Transformer Cybertron Adventures, um, which is also a Next Level game as well. Um, I don't know if this is also an on-rails game, but the person in the, 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 um, the description seemed to make it seem like there was maybe some connection between how how this game played versus uh, and, and Ghost Recon, so... Um, I might check this out. It is it is a two player game as well, so I'm not sure if it's like going to be built out in like a you know co op from start to finish kind of experience like that Tom Clancy game was. 
Um, but it looked pretty neat, and 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 it was like fairly cheap. There was a few other Transformers games, and I feel like I heard really good things about the Transformer. Well, quote really good things about Transformer games on the Wii. You know, we're not talking about like anything crazy, but I hear that those Wii games were generally pretty good overall. Um, that was my memory, at least, I will say. I haven't heard anyone talk about them in recent years at all, so maybe I'm misremembering that. Um, but that was something that I did remember, and I always kind of eyed them up a little bit. But uh, Next Level Games being involved in that one, which, if you don't know, now makes the Luigi's Mansion games. They've worked on the Mario Striker series. Um, they also did Punch-Out on the Wii, things like that. You know, they're, they're now, a, I believe, a first-party Nintendo developer. I think they were purchased outright by Nintendo in recent years, so... Um, it's an interesting lineage to look at. Um, I need to play their Luigi Mansion games. I have not played those yet. I've only played the original Luigi's Mansion, which is not made by them. That was an internal Nintendo project. Although I think they did make the 3DS um, remake. Or maybe that was a Grezzo joint. I don't remember for sure who remade Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS. But, you know, they, they made the sequel and, and Luigi's Mansion 3 as well. Um, I saw this one game called Sky Surfer. Uh, it's a idea factory game. The case is pretty roughed up. Even the art is pretty, uh, it looks like kind of maybe sun damaged. Um, but it stood out to me. Uh, I love, there's a guy on here that's, that's sky surfing and he just has like zero emotion on the box art. And I just looked at that and I was like, okay, I think I need to try this. So, so I picked it up. I, I briefly, um, when we were doing our, our watch along thing at, on the weekends that we do and in the discord. So if you want, Hey, we watch movies in the discord over the weekend. If you want to join us for that, you can do that. It's uh, Saturdays at 7 PM. Um, but we talked a little bit about this game there and we looked at it and it, and it very much looks like a PS one simple series game that somebody looked at like the PS two and how it was doing is like, Hey, we should just port this over to PS two and release it as a PS two game or something. So, um, yeah, it looks, it looks pretty, uh, rough, but that's, that's a hundred percent what I was like kind of wanting out of this game of just like these really weird, uncanny character models who just have like no expression on their face whatsoever. Um, it was released in 2000. So, you know, very early PS two game, um, so yeah, it looks interesting, but yeah, Idea Factory worked on this one, which I believe did Idea Factory do, um, I think it's called like, what was it called? You remember the, the, the bird watching game played a while ago? God, I want to play more of that game. No, that was, uh, I think NIS America or NIS, uh, Japan, Nibonichi Software, whatever. Picked up Winback. I said I was going to do this a while ago, actually. Um, I think it was after I played Winback on the Nintendo Switch Online. I was like, I really need to play Winback on PS2. Um, so I found this and I went ahead and grabbed it, um, a little more expensive than I expected it to be. It was 12 bucks, which I it's not bad. Um, but I, I was thinking it might be a little lower than that. I, I didn't, I do not really like when, when it's this low, I don't really bother too much about checking online. You know, I, I just like, whatever, if I'm, if I'm buying a game that's like, you know, 40, 50 bucks or something, then, then I'll start looking at the price and be like, okay, am I overpaying for this? Right. Am I overpaying for Kingdom Hearts 358 divided by two? But for something like that, you know, at best, I'm going to get something for like eight bucks. So it's, it's not a huge, huge deal um, to me. And, and again, I'd rather support the store. They did have Winback 2 there. I almost picked it up. I thought about it. I was sitting there staring at it. Um, the thing that pushed me away, um, two things. One was uh, I didn't have a manual. So, you know, I don't require manuals. I think actually Sky Surfer, I don't have a manual in there. Um, so I don't require manuals when I pick up games. It is nice to have, though. 
Um, but the other thing I was like is I need to play through Winback 1. And even Winback 1 I was questioning because I picked up Headhunter for the PS2 and still have not played Headhunter. And in my mind, Winback and Headhunter like occupy a very similar space. So in adding Winback to my collection, it's kind of just adding on to where Headhunter is. It's not really diversifying my, my library in a way that I'm like, oh... Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of adding something that will mean that if I want to grab it in the future, you know, this is this one particular game that's going to serve this particular need. Headhunter already kind of serves that need for me, I think. So. And then I also picked up Mega Man X7. Now, you might be like, I mean, you guys listening know I'm a, I'm a weirdo when it comes to games and I like weird games and stuff. Um, Mega Man X7 is a game that I have always been kind of interested in, or at least whenever I started looking at it, you know, I wasn't, I was looking at this game when it came out. I did not care. I largely did not pay attention to Mega Man until after Mighty Number no. 9, um, honestly, because I was just like, whatever. Um, no, that's not, that's a lot. I played through Mega Man like one through three, and that's really when I started paying attention to Mega Man. Mega Man 9 specifically. Let's set, let's set that, that, that post there. Mega Man 9, when that was announced, that's when I started paying, paying attention to Mega Man. Because, like, this is pretty cool what they're doing. And then also there's this great history of Mega Man games. And now they're putting on Virtual Console. And I was like, well, let me actually, like, look at the Mega Man franchise. Um, but I think Mighty Number no. 9 is when I really started investing in, like, okay, what are, like, the more unique Mega Man games out there? Because I've played games that fall into kind of the classic space or whatever. Um, but then I really want to start looking at, the, you know, the, the the other titles in the franchise. And Mega Man X7 was one of them. And you might be like, why? Um, everyone hates this game. Uh, well, you know, the, the big thing is, is that I really like games that do um, a mix of 2D and 3D. Um, and like actively switch those perspectives while you play the game. I think that's like a really fun gimmick. And I believe what I saw in Mega Man X7, it does that. So this is actually a, something I've been planning to pick up for a long time. Um, I My goal was to get through at least Mega Man X4 before I played Mega Man X7. I'm a little on the fence if I want to play Mega Man X5 or 6. I hear not so great things about them. Um, and so I'm just like, mm, maybe I won't and just jump straight to X7. No, not... <sighs> I don't hear great things about X7 either, but the big thing is, is that Mega Man X7 um, has like some, some unique hook to it that grabs me, where X5 and X6, at least as, as, as an outsider looking in, um, looks more or less like every other Mega Man X game for the most part. So I'm like, eh. so if you have a reason why I should play Mega Man X5 or X6, let me know. I'd be interested. <laughs> um, but for now, Mega Man X4 is the only one that I plan to play before I pick play Mega Man X7 on that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That might be a stream game. That might be an interesting game to sit there down and play through and, and kind of talk a little bit about publicly um, and more in depth um, and, and see where that goes. I don't know if I'd make a video. I would have to go and see what people have said about Mega Man X7 and also my final feelings about that game. If I came away being like, yeah, Mega Man X7, that's where the Mega Man franchise is at. Then, you know, I'll have to see if anyone else has done something like that and then, um, you know, figure out if, if, if that's something I want to make. Uh, if somebody's already done that or or if I have, you know, the same opinions as them, then maybe not so much. Um, so that's what I picked up when I was at Retro City Games. Again, it was like a really nice store. Did I need all those? No, but I was, <laughs> you know, I was just kind of, I think in the end I was just trying to decompress essentially. And and I just like, let me just go shop for some games and I'm just going to buy some games and it's going to make me feel good about myself. And then I won't play them because <laughs> life. <laughs> you know but you know there there are games in there i think if 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 i had to pick one regret out of that stack it'd probably be moonlight syndrome i'm gonna sit down and, i mean i don't know enough about it but the fact that i didn't know enough about it i was just like maybe i shouldn't do this but it was five dollars so i was like oh, okay like most most of the time at least here in vegas like five dollars is the lowest you're gonna find a game for so you might as well just be like this is you know 
this is this is the bottom of the barrel pricing on 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 something like this. Um, I think I mentioned it before, but I did order Kogan and Loomis Avengers. It took a while to ship, actually. I think it had been like multiple weeks, um, but they did finally arrive this weekend. So I got both of those. Um, I was looking at the back. I actually haven't seen any of the characters in uh, Kogan yet. So I was a little surprised by them um, looking nice. I like I like the character designs a lot. I'm not a huge fan of Kogan themselves. They have like some weird kind of bushy hair. Which is strange because on the box art, her hair is like very like long and straight. But in the game, her hair is very like rough. So maybe there's something that happens there where her change, you know, hair changes to be long and straight at some point. But I'm still interested in this. I did watch uh, some of the conversations some of my friend groups had about this game. And it seems like the, the big problem they had was the pacing was very slow. And the overall um, idea was maybe a little too simple. Um, to, to kind of carry the game. Although apparently it's very short. You might have to play through it twice, I think I saw, but either way, it's it's short, apparently, uh, both times through. And then Luminous Avengers U2. I don't know what I want out of this game at this point. I I guess at this point, the only thing I want is to make sure that Copen's uh, moveset is, you know, unique enough that it makes it worth playing. Because um, right now, like, I, I don't really want more of what Copen's playstyle was. Like, it's a good playstyle, don't get me wrong. I just have played it in two video games now, so I'm kind of ready to move forward. So, anyways, those are video games that I purchased. I can't wait to tell you about how I'm not playing them um, at all. Let's get into the Patreon question here real quick. So, for Patreon, if you didn't know, even though I'm saying it every week, we have two, well, three Patreon levels. I'm going to actually boil down to two probably once I have time to edit everything. Um, essentially, we have a, a level where you can ask a question, and we have a level where you can get some bonus content. What kind of bonus content? This week, I put up a reading of my Xenoblade Chronicles X article, my original one I wrote, so not my not after I beat the game, you know, last year and did a, a full review. I wrote an article talking about the game and, and after I played it and, like, how it took me, like, 70 hours to really start enjoying it. Um, so that was a, a piece that I did, uh, probably like 2016 or something like that after I lost my save file for the game. Um, so I was, uh, happy to, happy to, to give that a read over. It's a little, um, maybe unclear what the topic of the, 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 uh, the article was supposed to be about when I was reading it, but I think I, I largely, it was a, a, a well-written article overall, even if I, I think I, I had an idea of why I wanted to talk about it, but didn't really communicate that super well to the, the reader, maybe. But um, if you don't know what those are for the article readings, basically just read through the article, offer some commentary throughout it. I made it a video version this time. You know, that doesn't mean there's gameplay in there. It just means you can look at my face while I talk about it. So, um, you know, will we change that in the future? Maybe. Um, but right now I'm a little stagnant on the uh, Patreon stuff while I'm just, and in general, on the YouTube in general, I'm just kind of, you know, coasting at the moment while I get through um, some, some life changes here. And then hopefully starting March, things will get back in order and we'll be able to make actual new content coming up here. Anyways, so people who, have, who have, are on the Patreon right now, there's somebody listed as discreet. Again, I think that's because they want to be anonymous, basically. Um, I could be wrong, but if, if not, then, uh, then discreet. Thank you. Um, and then also Paul Daniel. Paul Daniel is also, um, contributing at this time. However, um, as, as, as I have mentioned, there's currently, uh, no, no questions that have been asked so far. So what are we doing since we don't have questions? We're going up to levelskip.com and pulling one of the questions from their like 50 questions to ask a gamer list. Um, and so the question we got this week is if video games didn't exist anymore, what would you do? Which is kind of a loaded question for me. <laughs> you know, I, I, you sometimes have like those posts people do about like, Hey, 
your fandom, your hobby is not your personality, right? And if it is, it, it kind of makes you a bit shallow in a lot of ways. It, and it's a lot of like an explanation about like why you have like Sony fanboys and Nintendo fanboys because, you know, they, they have this brand that becomes a part of their personality in a lot of ways. Um, so... A lot of my life revolves around video games. Uh, too much so? Probably. Um, so I think there's always like the weird concern on my side that I'm like, maybe my life involves too many video games. And like, hopefully <laughs> the games I am to, I'm into don't exactly, you know, represent just my, like, that does not make up my personality entirely, I'd hope. But, you know, it's it's always a kind of a hard thing to, to, to uh, separate those things. But even though I would say I have a pretty diverse taste in games and I, you know, play stuff that's new and play stuff that's old and things like that. Um, and, and I would say I'm very adventurous within gaming itself. Uh, I, outside of things that are game related, I don't have a lot of other things going on, to be honest with you. Um, you know, outside of just like trying to generally stay alive, <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm worse and better at sometimes at different points in my life. Um, but I would say the one thing that is fairly consistent is, you know, occasionally I do like dipping my toes into some anime. I'll watch some anime. I'm watching something right now that I'm actually not really liking that much. I think it's, I forget what it's called. It's about like, um, like this, uh, three people who work on like a kid's TV show and, uh, they kind of hate their job and to some extent have some like, uh, dislike for each other as well. Actually, it's more like five people actually. Um, and, uh, the humor, I think, is just too flat. Like the whole, pretty much the whole humor of the show is just like we're adults and we are, um, you know, crushed by real life. Also, this is like we're we're interacting with children, so we're going to tell children about how like our life is being crushed, and then they're going to look at us like dead eyed because they don't understand what what we mean, kind of thing. So it's not not that great. But I think if I if if I didn't have video games, I probably would watch a lot more anime. Probably, I would think. Um, I do generally kind of fall into that kind of like 90s group of kids who grew up with things like Toonami and things like that. And, and you know, also video games of the 90s, you know, being very Japanese focused and what was popular. And I think a lot of that um, bled into kind of my interest with Japan. Like, I think if it wasn't for that stuff, I probably wouldn't be super into Japanese things overall. Um, so, yeah. But I think it'd just be anime, unfortunately. What a boring answer, I feel like. You know, maybe arts and crafts, but I feel like I'm just so distracted all the time that I, I would never really be able to focus on one individual thing. Um, and like when I think about writing, I think some people are like, oh, maybe you do like creative writing or something like that. But like, I'm not a big creative writer. It's not really something that I do. Um, I, I like writing research and articles and I do have like a passing interest in history. I do like history and things like that as well. Like I like watching, you know, things about various conflicts throughout the world, like how certain, you know, situations arose, how different empires like became what they are. Um, I'm a big fan of the um, uh, YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Beat. Uh, I like Mr. Beat a lot. Um, so, you know, I think history may be another thing I'd be into. I actually had like spare elective courses in college and like I couldn't figure out anything else I wanted to use them for. So I used them just to go sit in like some history classes for a while. And like I had already gone through like most of the history classes, but like you you had to like choose. It'd be like you do U.S. history or world history and you picked one or the other kind of thing. So I basically just went on the path like I'll do the other one too, I guess. <laughs> so and I'm just like, I just want to listen to a teacher very monotonely tell me about history and things like that. So 
it was it, it's interesting um stuff but you know it, i think it's because my life rotates so much around video games it would be really hard for me to kind of pinpoint exactly what i would be doing without them in a lot of ways but i think anime would be one thing if assuming i kind of kept on that trajectory of like i'm gonna watch toonami i'm gonna watch gundam wing and things like that um like all the other like kids probably my space in the 90s like maybe maybe that would have still ended up becoming true i do feel like most of my interest in anime these days comes out of me liking japanese games and i think that kind of shows in me often being like i will not watch your anime but i will play your game based off an anime like that is perfectly fine for me but i will not watch your anime itself i was watching a uh, i was looking at a wii game i actually got localized in europe but not uh, outside of uh, not in the u.s as uh, a detective Conan, I think it's what it's called or whatever that that one show with like the kid who is it called Case Closed maybe, but it's the one with like the kid that um you know I th- I believe he's an adult and he gets transformed into a kid, um and it's like this huge long running series and like uh, you know I think it's kind of more or less like a Scooby Doo in in some ways or like each individual episode is kind of its own unique plot. I don't think there's a lot of like overarching ties between all the story elements and things like that. I'm sure there are some, but nothing like huge. Come, come tell me I'm wrong, Detective Conan fans. Um, um, but like, I, I would play the Wii Detective Conan game. Like that, that is 100% something I would do. I would not watch the Detective Conan anime. There's just too much in there. And I think that, you know, I, I don't think I would ever be able to s- decide on a beginning and start ending point of where I'd start watching and end it. But I, I could, a video game, sure. Whatever, man. I'll play your Detective Conan video game. I actually, um, um, this, uh, this is a while ago, but it's on the, uh, the, a uh, boat because I did the, the cheapest shipping. Um, I did import, uh, the Full Metal Alchemist, um, uh, video game on the Wii as well, even though I still have really no business importing Full Metal Alchemist games on the Wii. I really have no business importing more anime games on the Wii because I have not played most of the ones I brought in. Keikaishi is so good, though. Keikaishi is a good game. If you go watch my review of Keikaishi, if you have now, Keikaishi, I don't know how it's pronounced, but that's that's a really good game. It is, it is. If you're into like on rail shooters and the pacing of those games, Keikaishi, you should do that um so so yeah i think i think that's probably enough of that though like like i really probably the easiest answer is anime but i i kind of wonder if i would have ended up on the same track where i ended up with anime as a secondary hobby without games in a lot of ways but you know who knows i i uh, there's a good very good chance i would have been in the same you know spot i am today just without the video game aspect of it so anyways I'll be uh, posting up the uh, post on Monday or today when you're hearing this podcast. I'll be putting up the post for for asking for a question. So if you do have a question and you are part of the Patreon, go ahead and leave that question on the comment for that post. Be happy to answer it next week. Otherwise, we'll be doing another level up skip question. Well, actually not next week. So next week, I'm actually not going to be here. So I'm pre-recording a podcast. Um, I will probably leave the Patreon question out out of that one because I have an idea for what I want to do for that podcast. Um, and I think the Patreon question would get in the way of what I'm trying to do with it. So, so maybe not next week, but the week after the live podcast for that. So again, leave the question for that if you want to, um, I'll, but I will still make the post this Monday and then, uh, and then maybe like do a bump that post, uh, next Monday when, 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 when the uh, other podcast goes up. So anyways, that's it for the Patreon stuff. Again, thank you so much if you're supporting me through that. Um, I do need to still make like a, a big push on that at some point, but I think it's going to be after I reorganize the levels a little bit. And I do need to find ways to surface that content a bit more and then keep a way that people can track it more outside of the Patreon, I think. So I just got to do a little thinking on that. And I just have not had a lot of time to do a little thinking on that. So, 
Um, in terms of news, there's a few different things I want to talk about, but before we get into like probably the stuff you're already aware of, I want to talk a little bit about this game called Ketchup and Mayonnaise. Um, I have not played this. It's, it's coming out on Steam, I think at some point, or there's like a, maybe a trial that's coming up on Steam. Let me pull up the Steam page here real quick. Uh, it says the release date is spring 2022, and it looks like there is a downloadable demo now. So if you go to the podcast notes, you'll find the demo for this. I have not downloaded the demo, and I have not tried it. I just looked at this game, um, and I thought it looked pretty neat. It's it's In some ways, it's kind of like a low-budget kind of Undertale where you're playing as uh, two girls. One has like a tomato head. The other girl has more like a cat head, but it's like colored as like a, you know, mayonnaise color. Um, and they kind of go around the world and fight like different little cute characters and stuff. It looks very much like a low budget, you know, Dojin game in terms of aesthetic and, and, you know, the, the, how it's made. <laughs> it looks like it could have been made in like an RPG maker or something. Um, you know, it's not exactly the highest budget looking thing. Um, but what's kind of neat about it is it does kind of have that undertale element where you have the heart, like it directly has the heart in the combat where you're dodging things. But in this case, it's like on the grid. Um, but there's a lot of mini games you play during combat. Um, that are kind of WarioWare-ish in some ways. Uh, they don't necessarily always, you know, 100% apply to to what's happening on screen with the combat. Um, but you basically have things where you, like, shoot these bombs on screen. Um, you can also, like, do these, like, slash attacks. There's, like, a rhythm mini game and things like that. It doesn't look like, in, at least the demo there, they, they showed off that there's, like, a lot of diversity in these mini-games, but it is, like, kind of a neat thing where they took this Undertale style of game and then kind of mixed in WarioWare mini-games, which in some ways is how Undertale is already, because each each Undertale, like, encounter handles, like, fighting in different ways. Um, but this is maybe a little more visually distinct because you do have kind of, like, that mini-game view that pops up and the characters, like, animating on it and things like that. So it looks kind of cute and, and kind of fun, so I just wanted to kind of highlight that it is a title I looked at, um, but I have not played the demo. I've been thinking a lot more about Dojin games recently. Um, and I was looking at uh, Ghost Solid 9 recently, because I'm going to mention it in the upcoming panel I'm doing, which I'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, and then I was also kind of uh, talking a little bit on, I believe it was during the the movie stream, I talked about maybe doing like a university um, uh showcase night or whatever where essentially i have like like these japanese university discs where people create like games at their university and give it out at comic comic cat and just going through some of those university discs and and just like playing through a bunch of like random projects that people had so i've been thinking about that stuff more recently which you know it'd be nice if i had focus like the, the problem is is that these things fall out of view I'm getting back to, like, I really want to get back to the PCFX stuff. Trust me. Admittedly, everything is on hold right now. It's not a PCFX-specific thing right now. But it is uh, it is challenging keeping all these things in the rearview mirror at all times and making sure I'm, I'm giving them all equal love. I feel like Dojin games we have not really talked about in a long time, unfortunately. So, And I feel like I haven't really given a Dojin game, like, my full attention in a long time either. So they're not that long games, though. So, like, it, it would probably be something I could fairly easily sit down and do. And I was with, I was thinking about when I was like, maybe when I was like looking at the short form video content in the terms of like, you know, doing something on TikTok or maybe doing YouTube shorts, I was thinking about maybe I'll play through like a Dojin game and then just kind of talk about it on, on TikTok or, or through a YouTube short because those are, are shorter videos and it would hopefully keep me focused and not like going really in depth about, about uh, a game too much kind of thing. It'd be a fun little thing, I think, uh, overall though. So anyway, ketchup and mayonnaise is what it's called. Again, I'll have the Steam uh, link in the the description. I assume it is all in Japanese. I don't see any English text in these screenshots. Let me just double check. At least the screenshots are all in Japanese. 
English language is not supported. This product does not have support for your local language. Please review the supported language list before purchasing. So it's all entirely in Japanese right now, at least. Uh, maybe it will eventually be released in English. Um, in terms of more normal news, though, things that people have been talking about, uh, Majora's Mask is coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, that's coming out on May or uh, February 25th for that. So that is, you know, later this week. Um, they did put out a trailer, and I did see people in kind of the uh, the Majora's Mask like speedrunning scene, kind of nitpicking some of the visual aspects a little bit. Um, specifically, the one I remember, I think Zell had mentioned that like the stars and how they're handled in the sky isn't right. They're like flicker a lot in a way they're not supposed to. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is fairly minor, but it is something that's worth like look, looking at and documenting. You know, does that affect the player playing the game? Not much at all. Um, but it is kind of indicative of like what the quality of the rest of the port might end up being if, if there are inconsistencies like that. Um, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And again, like people are playing that Ocarina of Time version on Nintendo Switch Online and having a great time with it. So I'm not going to complain that much, right? Um, you know, that, that is for people who want to play, um, Ocarina of Time in a convenient place. And, and now they can do so. Um, but yeah, so oh, one, th one thing that was a correction actually is despite it being reported in the past, um, and I mentioned on the podcast that the uh, latency and uh, or the uh, the input delay on Ocarina of Time for the Switch being reduced, uh, it actually was not reduced. People went and actually did actual measurements of the, the, the uh, input delay and the input delay had not changed at all. So really all that patch did that, that they put out for Ocarina of Time was slightly patch up the um, Water Temple room with Dark Link. And even then it still does not look right or good. So, but if you're, if you want to play Majora's Mask that way, don't get me wrong. That's cool. And you should do that. You should play it there and see how it goes. I'll be curious to see if it'll have the same problems as Ocarina of Time though, with like the delay. But again, if you enjoy it that way, I'll, I'll, I'll power to you. Enjoy it that way, man. Play games how you want to play them. Do it. Um, Nintendo 64 emulation is kind of a pain too. So like even just having like a decent, way to play it is probably like a benefit in a lot of ways so um and then also another big thing in the store or news was that the wii u and uh 3ds e-shops are basically more or less shutting down i think next year's when you can is the actual end service date um but this year they're actually shutting down the uh payment portals for those uh they are going to shut down i believe the credit card functionality this may and then uh, I believe August 29th is the last day you can add funds to Nintendo Point cards or anything like that. So technically shutting down a year from now, but really shutting down, you know, this year for this. Um, I would say, you know, I, I I need to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure when they shut down WiiWare and Virtual Console on the Wii, they gave a significantly longer lead up time to this. Um, and one of the biggest complaints I had about Sony shutting down, you know, or at least, you know, cord saying they're going to shut down PlayStation 3 services and or, or, or stores and, and PlayStation portable stores and Vita stores was that they did not communicate it well ahead of time. They, 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 they very quickly said, we're shutting these down. And it seems like that's what Nintendo's doing here, unfortunately. So, you know, bad on them um, for doing that. You know, does that really matter in the context of anything for them? No, they're probably just losing money from, from you know, having to update these services and things like that. So in the end, it makes sense from a business decision. And I don't think um, anyone's really debating that probably. There's, there's, they're the ones who have the numbers on the back end. Um, but at the end of the day, this also is just a, a good example of Nintendo you know, more or less just, you know, removing content and then not really having any plans for ways for people to access it in the future. Um, do most people care about that? That's a whole other thing, right? Um, but, you know, for people who are in the hardcore fan base, you know, they do care about that to some degree, I would think at least. Um, but on the bright side, you know, a lot of these services, not all of them, I, I believe uh, Rowan actually mentioned 
in the uh, um, Discord this weekend that like he said a big chunk of like the Japanese PlayStation 3 uh, PlayStation Store had not been backed up yet. So like I don't personally know like how much of the stuff's been backed up. Um, it seems like generally at least probably the stuff that matters will be will be mat- will be there. But you know the stuff that matters isn't always the stuff that matters. The stuff that matters today today is not always the stuff that matters in the future, right? So there could be things that you know, might be important for future future reference, but they just might be lost because nobody's backed them up. So I, I have not looked to see, you know, how extensively backed up the Wii U eShop is and the 3DS eShop is. I hope it is. And, you know, I'm going to say this right now. Like, you know, I spent a lot of money on WiiWare and Virtual Console on the Wii. Um, do I regret that? Not necessarily, you know, overall. Um, but it is one of those things that you are pretty much buying a software download that once your system dies, is gone forever, Right. Um, and there's no way for you to get that back. Uh, so, and like, and, and, and through all these like services shutting down and losing access to a variety of games and things like that, like PlayStation mobile, uh, Xbox Live indie games. I also bought a bunch of games for like, it definitely has, has kind of pushed me to the point that I don't really stress too much about these anymore. Um, you know, if I was able to go and download and back these things up, I think I'd be more stressed about them. But at this point right now, I, I don't really have the capabilities to do that. So I'm just kind of like, well, you know, I, I hope that that the the, the world, uh, you know, who the people who, who who can do that and manage that and get them to a position that they can be installed on a Wii U and a 3DS are are, are able to do that. Um, I do know there are pretty large databases for these kind of downloads, though. Um, I have dabbled in them myself for things, you know, games like Nintendoji. You can't get Nintendoji in any real way these days, even with the shops online. Nintendoji is not a very accessible game. Um, so the, there's things like that where you, it, it just makes a lot of sense. So, you know, I, I, I don't stress that much about it anymore, but it is a shame and, and definitely something that, you know, hopefully over time we get a, a more reliable solution for these things. Uh, otherwise for now, we just rely on the community and people who care about this stuff. Right. Um, cause Nintendo does not care. I'm sure there's people within the company who do care. Um, but you know, the, the organization as a whole probably can't justify it in any way to make it make sense right so you know maybe in the future there'll be some kind of a option for that but for now it probably is plan on you know if it really 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 bothers you that you need to officially purchase games then now's the time to go do that um but if you know you don't mind not sending money to a dead platform you know maybe look into, to, you know, modifying your Wii U and Wii or 3DS and things like that. And, um, you know, it's definitely a little challenging at times to set up, but once you get everything in there and everything, it's for the most part, it's fairly easy. You know, I'm a big believer in purchasing things legally when you can, um, especially if it is the exact product kind of thing. Um, but you know, uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for people to make decisions about what they buy and how they, how they acquired those games. And especially if you are doing it for like, well, I was going to say, especially if you're doing it for like educational purposes, but like if Nintendo's not selling that, what does it matter? Nintendo does not care. If Nintendo cares enough, they would want to sell you this stuff anymore. They do not care. Um, but they have to care legally <laughs> because that, that they have to protect their rights and things like that. But when it comes to Nintendo themselves, they do not care that you're pirating WiiWare and, and Wii U games for the most part, right? 
Uh, the only games they care you're pirating is Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze because they can sell that to you on the Switch again. <laughs> so, so yeah. Anyways, it's it's kind of a whole thing there. But, you know, rest in peace. But the more and more of these things shut down and the more and more I've accepted that I'm just going to, you know, utilize the tools I need to access games if they're not accessible, um, the, the less and less I stress about this stuff. So, um, but again, I will say these modern storefronts, I'm not really sure how extensively they're backed up. We wear virtual console, things like that. Um, those were significantly smaller libraries, and I think it was a lot easier to back that stuff up. But, you know, for platforms like the PlayStation Network stores and things like that, that is kind of a whole other thing, right? Especially in the modern day when, like, a lot of stuff just gets, like, uploaded now. And, like, how many people are going back and, like, archiving all that stuff in, in, in whole? And that's that's kind of another another thing there. So, anyways... That's it for this week for, for, for the podcast. Thank you again so much for coming. Um, next week, I well, well, this week, actually, if you are in Las Vegas for whatever reason, on Sunday, I'll be giving a presentation at Level Up Expo, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. Be talking about how I play Japanese games and the techniques and strategies I use to approach games, even though I can't really read or, or, or understand much Japanese myself. I have like one year that I took, but that was seven years ago, and I don't remember much of it at all. <laughs> but, but just some of the strategies I use for playing Japanese games and getting through them. Um, so if you want to come do that, that will be about, I think it's like an hour long is the slot. I think the, my, my run through of it has been about 40 minutes. So, you know, um, probably have like a question and answer session, but yeah, if you want to say hi, I will be there. Um, at least at that time, I might stop in earlier or maybe on a different day. I haven't really made a plan yet. So yeah. Um, and then also, uh, we'll be streaming Evergrace again this Thursday at 7 PM Pacific time. And then this week or this upcoming week, I'm going to pre-record a podcast that's going to go up Um, right now. You know, I feel like sometimes these pre-recorded podcasts, I say what they are and then it doesn't go as planned. And then I just like jump on another podcast. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to read you the back of uh, the Kogan box art, except for this is a Japanese copy. So I can't do that because I can't read Japanese. (laughs) Um, uh, but you know i feel like sometimes i those plans fall through but right now the plan is that i'm gonna do like a ranking of castlevania games and just talk about my my favorite to least favorite um i did this with final fantasy a long time ago and i had fun with it um so we'll see uh, how that goes for the video version if it makes sense i have not set this up yet i might have that you know generic you know tier tool that people use for like getting a tier list for things put together. I have not used that before, so I'll have to see how hard that is to set up. I'd imagine it's just uploading box arts and things like that. So it's probably fairly straightforward. Um, and then we'll just kind of go through all the Castlevania games and I'll talk about if, you know, where they fall on my list there. And then also, um, you know, if I have not played them, why I have not played them. So that's what I'll be doing. Otherwise, onecontrolport.com is the website. Again, there was some Patreon content last week. Uh, right now, everything is in flux at the moment. So I don't really have any solid plans for just about anything that isn't the panel and the podcast and the stream. So I will get back to you on what the plans are um, once things have settled down. Um, I, I am doing a lot of extra work right now. Um, and But you know, hopefully at the end of this month, I'll be doing less work um, because I will be doing just one job again rather than two jobs um, as I transition. So, yes. Uh, And that's going to be it for now, though. Again, thank you for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.